Well, hello and welcome to Knowing Me, Knowing You with Paula and this first episode of a brand new year. I'm Paula, your host, and my aim is always to empower and inspire and entertain you through the solo and guest episodes. As we dive into the new year, I'm not sure about you, but my inbox is bombarded with emails and my social feeds filled with social media messages about New Year's resolutions and goal setting. And I am wondering how the new year makes you feel. Is it a fresh start, a time of new beginnings, a time of reflection? And number two, how do all these messages make you feel? Anxious or or inspired? The new year has a theme of success attached to it, a theme of accomplishment. What are you going to accomplish this year? What are you going to succeed at this year? This can make one feel a little stressed and anxious. Some other questions for you to ponder on. What does success look like to you? Have you ever thought about what success means, looks like, and feels like for you personally? The reality is your idea of success and my idea of success could be very different and there are so many factors that come into play. And a big house, fancy car, fancy clothes, if that is what some align with one's success, doesn't provide the endless joy our heart and soul seek. Truth is, we may think it does but there will always be this aching of unfulfillment in our hearts. Something else to ponder on. Do your words and the language you use equate to your personal success? Do you think words and language, the way we communicate, influence a person's success in their life? What about the way you are? Does your way of being, your thoughts, your words, your actions, mindset, attitude, values equate to living a successful life? Zig Ziglar, a well-known American author, motivational speaker, a Christian thought leader who often incorporated his Christian faith into his motivational speeches and writings, a prominent figure in the self-help and personal development industry, was known for his formula for success. The concept, be, do, have. If you are tapped into the personal development arena, you may have heard thought leaders sharing this concept. And I have many times in my past episodes shared this concept. Now the B step focuses on your personal development and character. Ziegler suggests that to have success in your life, you start by working on yourself first, becoming the person you need to be to achieve your goals. And this involved cultivating the right values, attitude, and mindset. The idea of be, do, have is a sequence of steps that can guide you in achieving your goals and finding fulfillment, finding inner fulfillment, living a life on purpose. 
living a truly successful life. In this episode, my co-host Ganesh is back and we delve into a topic that impacts our everyday lives, either positively or negatively. We explore a topic often overlooked, the power and impact of your words. We cover the psychological aspects, cultural and social impact. I share practical tips on how to communicate effectively and responsibility and accountability for the language and the words we use. Ganesh and I also draw from our Christian backgrounds, referencing teachings from the Bible that align with the transformative impact of our words. Something else to think about. If you average between 7,000 and 20,000 words per day, and those words and the language you use hold immense power in shaping your mindset and influencing those around you positively or negatively. Considering that those spoken words will either positively or negatively affect your life, your values, your mindset, your health, both physical and psychological, and your attitude, then this conversation is an important one to consider when striving for success and to live a life of excellence and integrity, to live a life in purposeful peace, as Bible teacher Joel Osteen would say. So I invite you to join Ganesh and me in this thought-provoking conversation on how language shapes our attitudes and mindset. This could be the start of your roadmap to freedom, to success, to living a life of excellence and integrity, to peace and calm in your life. So let's head on in. Enjoy. Ganesh, welcome back to uh, Knowing Me, Knowing You with Paula and... uh, yeah, you're very much a part of the KMKY family, getting really comfortable. <laughs> yeah, good to be back. This is uh, this is our third episode together. The third episode, third and I, th- yeah, and I think as we uh, continue on in 2024, we'll be adding a lot more and bringing a lot more to the table, conversations for people to enjoy. Now, before we go on, I have to congratulate you on um, being an Amazon best-selling author for your book titled uh, Let Me Into Heaven. How does that feel? Thank you. Yeah, feels good. Feels good for sure. I never thought I would write a book, let alone that it would be a bestseller. So right. that, that, that's always nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations. And so Thank maybe you. this pressurizes you to <laughs> start thinking of something else to write. <laughs> yes. I got to figure out what to write about. But yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. And as always, we like to welcome all our listeners and any viewers that uh, watch us on YouTube because, you know, we're now on YouTube. We have short videos on YouTube as well. So I encourage everyone to join us over there at KMKY with Paula. Join us at the table with an open heart and an open mind. Take away what fits for you and leave the rest behind, right? Come with no judgment. Come to to listen and maybe learn something and and, you know, Perhaps share this also with friends and family and social media followers. You know, you never know who this might fit in with someone else's life, right? Yeah. So are you a New Year's resolutioner? Because we're in a new year, 2024. I'm a resolutioner, uh, not necessarily a New Year's resolutioner. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think I'm the same. (laughs) Uh, And for a simple reason, you know, I used to uh, be on the board of local gym. 
and yes. uh, ev- everybody would make resolutions and jan 1st is the busiest day in the gym and usually waited a month by feb 1st it was back to uh, baseline again as uh, people <laughs> would stop so uh, just because of that i was never a fan of starting things on jan 1st because you know there's nothing magical about the date but the fact that it is uh, something we follow through with and be consistent with and put together a system so i'm a big fan of putting together systems to do things right i'm i'm exactly like you as well i'm not a new year's resolutioner i set goals and intentions throughout the year i reflect i toss out I add, I upgrade, but I'm definitely not a New Year's resolutioner. And yeah, it's fun for me going to the gym as well, right? You see all these people in on January the 1st and, you know, by the 15th, the 20th of the month is kind of quietened out, right? right? I think that's how gyms make their money, right? They like all these people signing up and then they're in a one-year contract, (laughs) right? And that's it and they never see them again, right? right? So we have for our topic, which is very much set upon a resolution of self and how we are being, uh, we're both putting this forward to people as a New Year's resolution and a, an intention, a new intention as you enter a new year to focus a lot on how you are being, right? I, I did this at the beginning of 2023, an episode with all about how we are being and to answer two questions before you set any ten- intentions uh, for the year. I think you did tune into that episode, right? Episode 46. Correct. Also focusing on how you are being as a person, right? The power of our words and and language, right? So have your words ever gotten you into trouble, Ganesh? <laughs> I know they have for me. Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, I remember many years ago reading a book and it, it was for dads and fathers and it yeah. was called The Point Man. The author made a comment that every dad has hurt his son in some way. Yeah. yeah. And so I, uh, my son must have been five years old at that point. So this was almost 15 years ago. So yeah. I uh, asked him, have I ever hurt you? expecting him to fully say no way i mean you know <laughs> i mean you're talking about a five-year-old right so dad yeah. is still their uh, hero in a sense and uh, to my surprise and shock he said yeah you hurt me right and uh, so obviously that bothered me very much and uh, so as i started to learn more it was that sometimes i would get mad i would say stuff to him and of course, being a five-year-old child, he was he was very sensitive to those words, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, it didn't sound wrong to me necessarily, but I was I was the one saying it, not the one hearing it, right? So obviously, it sounded okay to me uh, at that time. Yeah. So, but then I realized that uh, people, and especially kids, are very sensitive to words. They're very yeah. sensitive to tone of voice. Uh, they're often looking for approval, of course, at that age. And uh, that may happen, you know, they may be 50 years old and still be looking for approval from their parents, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I think it. Uh, there's a calling to up. be careful. <laughs> so I, I think, uh, you know, there's a call to uh, be uh, a little bit more quite careful with our words. Right. Yeah, this is, like I say, I mean, our words have power. Oftentimes we speak without thinking, right? And, and a narrative that has really stuck with me uh, late 2023 was to listen more and speak less and to think before you speak. <laughs> right, right. Right? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think of words as seeds, right? Yeah. So we're planting seeds 
and those seeds may grow and uh, the question is do we want them to grow you know if that yeah, was the yeah, seed yeah. we planted right and sometimes we do lots of times we don't and so i think that's that's uh, it depends on the soil right depends on uh, how that mind takes up those words i i don't think it means that we should only say positive things or you know if i was a coach coaching a game i want to coach somebody to play well so i may tell them look this is what you should do and this is what you shouldn't do right yeah so yeah. so so there needs to be clarity but uh eventually words are seeds so we want to make sure we uh, uh we use those effectively yeah yeah it's the the language we use which will shape our thoughts and perceptions about ourselves right and and influences how we see ourselves how we see other people how right. we communicate with other people and how we see the world around us right, right? yeah speaking of the world around us you know if uh, any of your listeners listen to uh, one of our first uh, podcasts together we talked about the creation of the universe and so on yeah so uh, of course i come from a biblical basis you know for someone who's tuned in for the first time yeah but how did god create the universe right he created it with words and his first words were let there be light and so he mm-hmm. first created light and then the light got converted into mass with einstein's famous equation e equals mc square <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so there's a physics to it too but but the bottom line is god created the universe with his words saying let there be light you know yeah. uh and, and we tend to create universes of our own in a sense by the words that we use a little bu- light bulb like ping went off there let there be light And so with your words let there be light that right. comes from your mouth. Right. So instead of creating negativity, darkness, hurt, emotional distress, let there be light with the words that you use which bring joy and love and appreciation, right? Gratitude, right. uh comfort, support, right with your words, right? I know sometimes it's not always easy. I know because we live in a sticky world and people are sticky. <laughs> right. That's why I'm a little bit of a social hermit and very choose uh, you know choosy as to who I socialize with, right. which again is very much around our words as well and the language we use is who are you socializing with? Right? And we're going to get into that a little bit about cultural and social impact, right? As well. Right. Yeah. Can you think of a situation where your words have made a difference or shifted a situation into a, a positive direction? Uh I had people who used words with me that made a shift in my thinking. Uh so this was I was a very young adult just graduated from school yeah. and I had a uh someone older than me maybe he was 10 years older than me tell me you know i see he had no reason to tell me this he just said i see something special in you i think you would be a very successful entrepreneur one day and shocked me because i never thought of myself that way and and he had no reason it's not like you know he he go he would get anything out of what i did with my life but he just made a comment there and so that stuck with me saying mm-hmm. wow really i mean do i have some skills that i'm not aware of you know yeah and then a few years later another colleague of mine told me you know if you continue on this path of what you're doing and continue to learn one day you'll be the ceo of a company which also shocked me because again not it was not my my image of myself you know yeah and again he also had no reason to tell me which gave it little bit more credibility but i saw the impact it had on me saying it opened up possibilities in my head saying 
perhaps I could do something beyond what I was doing, right? Perhaps I could grow. I mean, slowly these experiences added up. And that's when one one fine day I said, oh, you know, I think I can write a book. I mean, this it's not the same as being a CEO, but it was a different uh, area. It was out of my comfort zone. It's not something I'd done before, right? Yeah. Uh, so to be able to say, okay, I I think I have something to say. I think it would be of value to people, you know, and so uh, let me write a book, right? So in that sense, uh, the seeds that different people sowed in my life over the years made an impact, a dramatic impact on me over my lifetime, you know. Right. Words are like seeds, right? And so this had an impact over over a time period. It wasn't just in that moment, right? But right. It, it was also in that moment that someone else saw something in you that you didn't see in yourself. It's almost been, and I think will be, a lifelong inspiration because as you as that seed grows, you right. you you are inspired. You wrote your book, right? Yeah. And this just helps build courage. It helps you as well face fear. So, and I think that's one of the biggest use of words. Is it helps us overcome fear, right? Yeah. Uh, now, I do believe words have to be authentic, right? Yes. Uh, if I had looked at their words and say they just say that and they say it to everyone, and then yeah, it yeah, has yeah, no yeah, yeah, yeah. no real meaning, right? Um, so I think it's important for words to be encouraging, but also authentic. And when it is yes. that, then uh, uh, it really touches a chord, right? It touches uh, a soul almost. So Again, it depends who it's coming from. It's these ways of being, adding and uplifting your character in a way that you can sow the seed of light for right. other people, right? And right. other people feel the authenticity of that. You're already living these seeds of light in your own life. It is reflecting out to the world, right? Right, right. So, you know, biblically, I also wanted to add this, like, we use the word, we use word in a, uh, perhaps in a couple of different ways that most people are used to using the word, word. Right. So, for example, John, uh, in his gospel, John says the first few lines, he says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Mm -hmm. And what he meant by the word was a reference to Jesus. So Jesus is actually called the word. So it is uh, somewhat of a twist to the to our normal understanding of word. But also the Bible itself is called the word of God. Right. So yes. we we reference both the Bible and Jesus, you know, as, as being the word of God in a sense, you know. Yes. So I think there's something deeper to the meaning of the word word than, <laughs> uh, than, than what the that average person really realizes. Right. Right. This is why I like having you on the on, on this platform, because you you just share share so much that I don't even think about. Right. You help me to. You inspire my mind to think bigger and more lateral thinking than what I usually do. But you certainly drop little seeds for me to, to uh, you know, information to think more about. Uh, thank now, you. I mean, that's the value of words. That yeah. It does uh, inspire us to think beyond how we usually think. Yes. Right? So. Yes. Yes. And I yeah. think that's why I've loved how our relationship has um, bloomed. And I love having you as a guest. I really so appreciate your time and energy. So seeing as you've brought up the Bible and the biblical word, I want to share my screen uh, with uh, any viewers and any listeners. You can always go along to YouTube because I'm going to share this actually on, on my YouTube channel, this little, a short little video of this. So I'm going to share my screen and 
I have some Bible verses from the book of Proverbs that provides a lot of food for thought around our words. If our words have power, what does this mean? So in Ephesians, well, we start with Ephesians, and then we go on to um, some verses from Proverbs. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So that's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Then we move on to Proverbs 15, verse 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 16, verse 24. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. I love that one. Proverbs 12, verses 18 says, The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. Proverbs 21 verse 23, those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. So if our words have power, Perhaps we ought to use them wisely. Absolutely. If you don't mind going to the second one over there. A gentle this. answer yeah, to a wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Yeah. This is a great word. I mean, all of this are phenomenal verses, but this is a great word specifically for work situations. Uh, people can get into arguments and sometimes all it requires is listening and yes. a gentle answer. And yes. instead of getting into bigger and bigger arguments, right? It's people are stressed. They're working long hours. They they feel stressed, and sometimes we may even have to tell them something they're doing is off because you know yes. in a work situation. But is the answer gentle or is it harsh? And and people do respond to the nature of that answer, not the content of the answer. Yeah, yeah. I think it's so important. Oftentimes, depending on a situation whether it's in your personal life or work life, we can be very quick with our words right. and not think before we speak. So in situations when we think of language and positive and negative and whatever the situation is, people sometimes just want to be heard. Right. So, so you know, some cultures are used to people all speaking at the same time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and as long as they're doing it within their culture, it doesn't bother any of them because they're all used to doing it the same way. Yes. But as soon as you're part of an international business team where there's people from <laughs> around the world, then yes. that become, makes it very complex because people do feel like I haven't finished a sentence and you're already talking over me, right? Uh, but really what they're doing is they're anticipating what we're saying and say, okay, I hear you and here is what I think of it. I yes. agree or disagree, right? Yes. And uh, But they don't necessarily wait till someone's finished. So, so yeah. I think it's important in today's culture, especially when you do a lot of Zoom calls and team meetings, one, to listen, but also two, while speaking, to be short and to the point. So if someone knows that I'm going to finish talking in 10 seconds, they'll wait. But if they think yes. I'm going to ramble on for three minutes, then they don't <laughs> want to listen that long. Yeah, they'll interrupt you, right? Because it's, it's like, I'm going to forget my thought. Right. So I always encourage everyone, have a pen and piece of paper. 
when you're on those Zoom calls. <laughs> right. Exactly. So you can write down your thoughts, right, in case you're so excited to share the thought and you think, I'm going to miss out on sharing this and I'll forget about it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Right? So there are some psychological aspects when we think about the power of our words, right? And you just right. mentioned that about the psychological shift of how you felt and thought about yourself right. and what you were capable of, for sure, your your thoughts, the words you use with yourself and your actions, right? Right. So, so there is a word that I like uh, called neuroplasticity. Uh, I'm not a psychologist, so I'll give you the layman's understanding of it. You know, our our neural pathways, uh, you know, have a certain shape and a certain form. And the words we use changes that pathway, right? So we tend to use the same words all the time. And if I'm not good at something, let's say I'm not good at hockey. <laughs> and so I, I'm likely to say I'm not very good at hockey. We're back at that again. <laughs> We're back at that again. I'm good at cricket, but I'm not good at hockey. <laughs> I'm I'm good at neither. <laughs> <laughs> right. So now often that's a self-fulfilling prophecy because I keep saying I'm bad at hockey. hockey I probably yeah. don't do very well when I play hockey. Right? <laughs> and but what neuroplasticity says is if we change the words that we use, mm-hmm. then we can slowly start changing that self-perception of ourselves. And so now if I keep saying I'm the greatest hockey player in the world, I probably won't believe it. It it may sound too bombastic at this point in time, right? <laughs> but I could start somewhere saying, hey, I'm good on skates and I don't fall off, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I'm, uh, and I'm good at tackling or, you know, taking one small step at a time and it changes the way our neural pathways work, you know? Yeah. So from that perspective, words are very important because that helps change it. Obviously, it is not enough for me to say I'm I'm good at hockey. I, I also have to play hockey, so it's 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 the words, but it's also the work that it goes with the words, yes. right? Yes. And it's important for those, like I was saying earlier, to be authentic and not bombastic. You know, I used to work with a, a colleague many years ago, twenty years ago, and he had, I'm sure, read some self help book somewhere. Yeah. And all his words were bombastic. And you ask him, how are you doing? He say, absolutely incredible. And it just <laughs> didn't sound like something he meant, right? Yes. And that actually has a negative effect in my opinion, right? Okay. Because it doesn't feel authentic even to the person yes. saying the words, you know. So it is important to be authentic, but it's important to focus on the positive side of that authenticity and not on what is more natural, which is the negative side of uh, the that authenticity. Yes. Uh, so I think that the, what happens is, and I'm interested in words from the scientific perspective and say, what impact does it actually have on us? Uh, I, it is definitely has an impact, impact on performance. Yeah. Right. It helps us overcome fear of failure, for example, as mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned earlier. Right. So if we are, in, especially in the area of sports, you'll you'll hear a lot of athletes talk about this. You know, if my my favorite team is playing, and as India did in the World Cup final in cricket, <laughs> yeah. I would hope that they would go in there with confidence and words saying, "We have what it takes to win," yeah. versus going in there saying, "I think we're going to lose." Right? Because I think that immediately gives them an advantage or a disadvantage based on uh, uh, how they approach it. Right. So words have a huge impact when it comes to performance and overcoming fear of failure. Right? Where there is a struggle for, going back to the biblical perspective, where Christians struggle with it a little bit is you find a lot of pastors uh, and they're kind of called Christianity light, right? And they tend to focus on the words 
but they miss out the author of the words. So they tend to look at the words itself and say, all, all it matters is what words you use, but they forget the God behind the words, the one who created the words, who created the language, who created the universe. So one verse that has helped me quite tremendously in this area is John 15, 7. And it says, remain in me. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, then ask for anything you want and it will be done for you. So it's a, talking about the words of God remaining in us and us remaining in him. And that's a precondition to saying, then ask for whatever you want. And, and I think part of it is because God changes our heart. So what we ask for differs now. It, yes. It's not simply a faster car and a better house and so on. It's not just about what I want, right? Yeah. Uh, but it may be about who, how God will, uh, what he will make of me, essentially, right? So words are important, but I think it's important to understand that relationship first before we just use the words to say, I want a bigger car and I want a bigger house. Yes. Uh, partly because those are all good. I'm not against bigger cars or bigger houses, but I, <laughs> I, 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 th I think they have a limit to uh, how satisfying they are. Yes. Right. After a while, a car is a car and a house is a house. And, you know, it doesn't give that endless joy that we seek, you know, in just uh, uh, collecting things. Exactly. So one of the words, for example, which I've been uh, pondering over for the last few months is this. Instead of saying I want I want something for myself, yeah. right, yeah. is to say, Lord, change me to be like you, more sacrificial, more loving. None of it is easy and um, natural, uh, but all of which are meaningful and uh, impactful and eternal, I, I believe, right? Yes. Uh, because the one thing we do take out of this world with us, it's not our money or a bank account, right? But it is our character, who we are, we do take with us. And, and so uh, allowing God to change us and to be more like him, uh, I think is a, is a great goal. And it's a great words to use to affirm ourselves, right? I think that's a great intention for right. 2024. Right? Yes, absolutely. To remember that that is what goes with you when you die is your yes. character. So again, who do you want to be? Right. Exactly. And to be thoughtful of these words that you use because that is also very much a part of who you you know who you want to be. Right. Right. Um, right. I know when we think of our words as well, they're so important for stress management, uh, any coping strategies in certain situations. It affects our memory. And you were right. talking about, you know, regular words that you use with yourself as well can affect your mental health, your right. physical health, negative words. It will, you, it will reflect back into your body, into your thoughts, into your words, into your actions negatively. Positive words, you know, reflect differently. It affects the way you see people, how you interact with people, how you think about yourself, any situation, stressful situations that should arise. Right. If, if you are constantly using negative affirmation, negative words with yourself, seeing everything as a dilemma, then everything will always be a problem. People will be a problem. Your life is a problem. The world is a problem. Everything around you is a problem. Well, great points, Paula. I mean, let me uh, make a quick comment on the mental health and stress part of it. So the thing with uh, virtually all the stress in our life is caused by words. Right. 
and it may not even be other people's words but it is us replaying other people's words in our own voice right yes. and and repeating it over and over and over again yeah so whether we speak positively with words or not the one given is currently we do speak negatively with words right and just stopping that negativity or reducing it it itself in- increase anybody's uh, outlook on life i think they they'll enjoy life a lot more if they just stop being uh, negative in the words they say that tell to themselves right yes. now in terms of memory i wanted to share something funny you know sometimes it, trying to remember um, a restaurant we went to 2 years ago and it's like i can't remember so here's an experiment somebody could try at home instead of saying i can't remember where we went just try saying it's coming back to me i i will remember where we went to which restaurant we went to what was its name and where it's located and you may not get it now but suddenly two weeks from now it will pop up in the middle of your you know some yes. other conversation it's like oh that's the restaurant we went to the mcdonalds on christmas right <laughs> <laughs> so but our mind is working in the background searching through a database of uh, memories and images and words and sometimes it's slow but it does get there eventually i mean 95% of the words that we use we use with ourselves in self talk yeah. right yeah. and and the vast majority of it is negative you didn't yes. do this you forgot to do that you missed this thing you have 100 yes. other things to do today before you can call it a day you know but to be able to uh, change that even slightly has a dramatic impact i think on our, how we look at life how we overcome how we perform and so on so i think yeah. in those areas words are significant is hugely significant yeah 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 so you know when we when we looking at the psychological aspects you know thinking about we were talking about the cognitive impact your thought patterns the emotional impact so your emotional expression empathy and understanding stress and coping right stress management coping strategies and then there's the health impacts and that also is reflected in memory formation and uh, perception of your reality is all around words and language right crazy right yeah absolutely Now, yeah before we move on to the social and cultural impact of our words I have a question for you. What is your beverage of choice first thing in the morning? What kickstarts your day? Coffee. Coffee drinker. Do you drink coffee throughout the day? No, just once. No, just once. Just like you Ganesha, I start my day with a little caffeine, but that's it for the day. But this doesn't help when you're suffering from low energy or jet lag, which is something I recently experienced and so I discovered this product called Magic Mind, which is a shot and a little bottle that helps to elevate your energy levels naturally. So I started taking Magic Mind to help support my body as I was recovering from jet lag and wanted to avoid that afternoon energy slump that I was experiencing and be able to be productive throughout my day, have energy and not drag my feet. I enjoyed the product and the benefits I was receiving so much that I've continued using the product. and discovered that it helps to boost and maintain my energy levels throughout the day helps me to be focused and productive and what is also fantastic is because okay because i am someone who cares about what goes into my body this is an all natural product and one of the ingredients is ashwagandha which is an adaptogen 
that helps to reduce stress and anxiety. And because of the adaptogens in Magic Mind, I have noticed a sense of calm and reduced stress levels. So Ganesh, what is superb is that Magic Mind have a special limited time offer only for the month of January. You receive one month free with a three-month subscription if you visit magicmind.com forward slash Jan Knowing Me. And then if you use my code Knowing Me 20, you receive an additional 20% off for a total of 75% off your total order. So you can visit magicmind.com forward slash Jan, J-A-N, Knowing Me. And then my special code is Knowing Me 20. This only lasts until the end of January. So I recommend a listener, Ganesh, hurry up before it goes away. And my code Knowing Me 20 is also valid for 20% discount for one-time purchases. All the information is in the show notes. So cultural and social impacts and the power of our words. This is huge at this current time, right? We've noticed over the last, let's say, four or five years, a shift in what words people are using on social media. So, you know, social media is um, has changed the way people think, uh, they talk, the way they behave, right? Uh, and so it can be on one side, it can be an echo chamber. So because anybody who responds to it could be only the people who agree with something. Uh, on the other hand, could attract exactly the people with the opposite viewpoints. And yeah. usually those discussions are not cordial. It's not people exchanging ideas and trying to persuade each other. It's usually people yelling at each other and uh, <laughs> uh, saying nasty things, right? Which yeah. which have no value really to the, it doesn't persuade anybody to change their mind. It's just an argument. Yeah. And the problem with arguments is no one wins, right? And yes. so it's, a, it's just a colossal waste of time, you know? Yeah. So, so it is important to know how do I surround myself with people and how do I have conversations? One, that if I am wrong, there'll be someone who I can talk to and who can show me other ways, right? Yeah. So for example, if I believe that sugar is the greatest thing and I'm going to keep eating sugar, I don't want people to agree with me. I want somebody to gently confront me and say, <laughs> maybe on the wrong side here, William, yeah. right? So... <laughs> So, right, but because we don't want the word to be authentic as well and not just encouraging, right? It needs to be both. On the other hand, I could easily get consumed by arguing with someone over Twitter, over uh, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, right? And so then it becomes a um, matching of egos, you know, trying to protect themselves, trying, you know, people are more snarky, they're more sarcastic, you know, on on social media. So the question is, is that conversation worth having? And often they're not. I got yeah. other things to do than argue with someone on social media who's just just a troll there trying to uh, pick a fight, right? Right. Yeah, looking for trouble, right? Gaslighting, yeah. and yeah. someone you probably you you don't even know. It's not even in your right. friend circle, right? Right. Total stranger. Right. And the person who's made us angry is this total stranger, right? Uh, that we, we don't know from anyone, and then we go and yell and scream at our spouse and our kids and our families. Because we're reacting to a situation with some total stranger with whom we disagree on everything. But we take the, the comments they make to heart so much that now we are, we are turning on the people we love and yelling at them for no reason. So it's, I think, 
important I, I, how do you win those battles i think the best way to win those battles is not get into them to begin with <laughs> right keep silent silence yeah. is golden think before yeah. you type it out and then delete it <laughs> yes yes that's true of emails too by the way people at work often send really nasty emails and they're is wondering why is everybody upset it's like okay i mean type it out if it makes you feel better but then delete most of it and just say thank you and send it out it'll be fine <laughs> use chat gpt so i'm really yeah. angry with this person i kind of want to tell him off but i've got to be kind of polite so what do i say i can right. guarantee you chat gpt will give you a really well uh, written grammatically correct <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I mean, if the if we feel that deep desire to respond immediately, whether it's to a social mm-hmm. media comment or an email, that's the worst time to respond to it. Yes. It's 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 better to push it off to the side and say, I'll get back to it in four hours and yes. say, is it even worth responding to? Yeah. So impact on relationships, whether you have the relationship with someone or not, but again, impact on relationships with those people close to you and in your life, be it uh, your work environment or your personal environment, right? So obviously then, you know, when you think of this on the social impact, poorly chosen words lead to misunderstandings and conflicts and, and again, the erosion of relationships, right? Yeah, I, I know a bunch of people who are very smart, but they go out of their way to make enemies, right? And it's in the mm-hmm. way, the words they choose and how they say it. They don't yes. mean it. They're just yes. trying to be accurate, but uh, they're building em- enemies uh, consistently, right? And and then it makes uh, work harder for them, you know? Yes. So it's a habit. I just like, and like all habits, it can be learned. So uh, even simple changes, I think, have a dramatic impact, right? So yes. it's a simple changes of saying, when I feel like pushing that email out, saying nasty things, that's when I will hold off for uh, 15 minutes, right? Yes. And, and give, a, give us a chance to uh, wind down a little bit and say, is this really what I want to tell people? Yes. And CC 20 other people who can read this <laughs> message. <laughs> right. So, you know, something that stood out for me there is about the tone, our our words and the language we use is very much a part of our communication. And and communication is so important. I call it human currency that we need. And learning how to use our words more effectively and our communication more effectively, you can certainly live in a more peaceful environment, both in your home and in your workplace. Right. right, and so this tone that you use with uh, verbal communication, as well as the 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 tone within written communication, is very important. So, rereading your email before you send it out. If we actually say, you know what, I'm going to respond, but in a very gracious manner, be amazed how often you can change around that conversation. Right, right. Uh, because most people, after bursting out on an email, do feel embarrassed. And but when the next email comes and it's also abrasive, then it just builds up. But yeah. when it comes back gracious, it gives people a chance to back out of that abrasive nature of their original email and start, yes. uh, uh, you know, uh, the conversation in a different way. Your words have the power to ease a situation or cause disease. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. Right. Motivate, right. drive action, or get people to dig their heels in, right? So yeah, it's absolutely. so important. It goes back to all those Bible verses that I was sharing. There's one like Ephesians, the very first one I shared was 
Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Uh, Gracious words are a honeycomb sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. Right. Right. Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. So even if you still need to tell someone off, you can actually do it very politely. You can still do it in a nice manner. Right. Right. And, and, you know, if you and I are colleagues, Paula, and I want to tell you something, right, uh, which is not uh, necessarily encouraging, right? So let's say something's off, right? And I've never had this issue with you. So it's kind of easy to share this, right? But, <laughs> but, but, but if there was, yeah. last thing I would do it is in a room with 20 people or an email trail with 20 people, right? Yes. Yes. I would call you and say, Paula, here's something we need to talk about, right? Can yes. we can, can we walk through this and talk about whatever the situation was, right? You may not agree. It might hurt your feelings. You may agree or you may say, okay, I understand, but may not really agree, right? So, I mean, there's all kinds of dynamics there, right? But I would do it in a way, I have to do the work to say, how do I do it in a way that Paula can receive what I'm trying to give her rather than react to it? Yes. Right. Nice. I like that. Yeah. And, and so that and that takes work. And whose whose job is it? It's not Paula's job. It's my job, right? Yes. If I'm the one who wants to communicate, that's yes. quite different from saying, "Let me send off a stinker email to Paula <laughs> and see see her boss." Yeah. Okay. That's really going to help her. Jane, no, she's yeah. going to dig in. I would dig yeah. in if somebody yeah. sends an email yes. and sees it's my boss, right? But but it happens so often, right? And and this is why yeah. you have silos in organizations. You have politics. You have arguments. Is yeah. because People don't spend that extra 30 seconds to say, how do I approach this in a way that... respond respectfully? Right. I'd love to share my screen again with you because I have some practical tips that I'd like to share with, uh, with, with everybody. When we think of our words, so if our words have power, perhaps we ought to use them wisely. So let's have a look at those practical tips. So choose positive words. Be mindful of tone. We were talking about that. Use I statements instead of you. You know, you must, you should. Practice active listening. This is something that I (laughs) had thrown at me, right? Listen more, talk less, stop interrupting me. (laughs) Stephen Covey has uh, one of his seven habits was seek first to understand and then to be understood, uh, which is a practice active listening uh, bullet over there. And I think it's such a powerful thing is to say, before I want to express my thoughts and my ideas and my feelings and have everybody respond to that, I want to first hear, I'll seek first to understand the other person. Then I will express my my ideas. I think it's a very powerful idea. Yeah. yeah. Avoid negative assumptions. This is something we were talking about where you look at social media and a social impact, right? Reading into a comment and you straight away have this negative assumption when in fact this could all be related to you and your own thoughts and your own perceptions and beliefs right. and conditioning when in fact it's nowhere near what you're thinking, right? So, yeah. you know, practice some active listening and be mindful Think before you get those thumbs going. Offer constructive feedback. I think one way to tell someone off is, first of all, to offer some constructive feedback first and then (laughs) go in for the jab. (laughs) 
Uh, uh, so the thing with constructive <laughs> feedback is uh, uh, it's very hard for it to stay constructive eh? in the sense yes. that while while I might mean it constructive, they may still think of it as criticism. So so it is uh, it does take a lot of work, right, to yes. provide that, and and it needs to be put in context. Things that people do well before we jump on them on the thing that they don't do well, because they might do 90 things well and 10 things poorly. And we will focus only on the 10 things because yes. we're, we're giving them feedback. Right. So yes. I, it, I will have to put it in the right context because that's how they're looking at it themselves saying, I did all these things right. And you didn't tell me one thing about it. And I yes. do one thing wrong and you jump all over me for this. Right. right. Yeah. 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 So some more practical tips on how to use language effectively for positive communication, express gratitude, use humor appropriately, be clear and concise, avoid negative labels, apologize when necessary, use positive affirmations, uh, encourage and support and be open to feedback. And so, yeah, what do we have to remember when we look at the use of language effectively for positive communication? Effective communication is a skill that can be developed over time. By incorporating these tips into your daily interactions, you can contribute to a more positive and constructive communication style. Very nice. I'll add on one if you don't mind from a sales perspective. When communicating, people connect at speed speed at which people speak, right? So you and I tend to speak at a very similar speed. So it's easy for us to uh, connect and hear each other out and so on. But if yeah. I'm talking to someone who's a lot faster, right? Some people are just very fast. It's just going mm -hmm. fast, fast, fast. And if I am slow and I'm thinking through stuff and so on, which is more natural for me, then yes. I lose their attention because it's too slow for them. And so there are times I've had to pick up my speed. There's times I've had to slow it down depending on who I'm talking to. <laughs> and so I think it is important if we want to connect with people to also realize that they do connect at speed and we and we need to uh, change sometimes our speed a little bit uh, to connect at the speed that the way they, they talk and they think. Something else I wanted before we end is taking responsibility and accountability for your words and right. your actions and your uh, level of communication, right? Recognizing that the power of your words do come with a sense of responsibility. And right. it's important we take accountability for the language we choose and, and understanding again for you. We, I bring back right in the beginning the story you shared that words can have a lasting effect on others. So be right. mindful of the potential impact, positive or negative, on people. And that's an essential aspect of um, effective communication. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I think of it from a perspective of, uh, the, you know, the U.S. has uh, what we call the freedom of speech, right? Yes. Uh, I, I, I would guess Canada does the same as well, right? So what that means is I can say anything I want, right? That's what yes. freedom of speech means. The Apostle Paul said everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial, Right. And so what he was saying is just because I'm free to do things doesn't mean I should do those things. Mm -hmm. Right. So the, the part of the responsibility that we have is it's not simply a focus on our desire to talk. It's which sometimes can be overwhelming, but a desire to connect and uh, often connect better. The best communicators are great listeners, not great talkers. 
And so if we start saying my goal is not that everybody just has to hear me because I'm so wise and oh, isn't it great for them to hear me, but to say, can we connect? Right. Yeah. And so that involves listening, that involves saying, how do I say, what should I say? How do I say things in a meaningful way? They need to be authentic. Doesn't mean I shouldn't say stuff because, you know, if something's important to me, I probably should bring it out, but there's the right ways to bring it out. So it doesn't become an argument. Because even if you're in disagreement, the end of the day, I'd like to be able to persuade them of my point of view. They may or may not agree. I don't control that, right? But uh, I want to them to see what it is that I see, right? Even even if you're on different sides of the same thing. So in my case, right, every podcast I do, every every time I talk, I I only have one goal, and I'm usually very clear on that goal. You know, and that goal is I I want to bring out a biblical perspective to people, especially the analytical people, people who are thinkers and they need to logically understand how things work. Because I do believe we are estranged from our father, right? And but we don't have to be to help rebuild that relationship, right? Uh, a relationship which gives us meaning, purpose, joy, and peace, and so on. That is what I see as my calling, and that is why that is what I want to communicate, right? So I could say a hundred things, but eventually the core of what I want to say is that one thing. And so, do, do, does everybody agree with me on it? No, but my goal is to plant a seed, and I want to plant it in a way where they can ponder over it, right? And say, yes. is there validity to this, or do I have some questions on this? Uh, you know, where do I go with this? They could very well say, I reject it. I don't agree with that. And they have a right to do that. So, but my goal is to be able to persuade them that it's a relationship worth strengthening, right? With with their yes. heavenly father. Yes. And, and so that's, uh, so I think it's very important, these communications to be also very clear on, you know, the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing, yes. right? Uh, because we could talk about, hundred different things. You know, we used to have a few years ago, we used to say, tell people only three things because they cannot remember more than three things. Yes. So now I've come to the point where I think people's attention spans are such that the three things have become one thing. Oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, so the thing is, so if I know that anytime we talk, people may remember one thing out of it, right? Yes. Now, my whole job is to figure out what is the one thing I do want them to remember, right? And then spend all my energy, effort, and preparation to say, here is the one thing. Everything else is white noise and everything else is fluff. But this one thing is the point I want to make. And I think it improves us our ability to communicate with people because they can usually remember that one thing if, if we are consistent in what we're saying. Yeah. So then my question to you is, with this episode and the importance of thinking about the words we use and the power of our words, what is one thing you'd like people to remember? So, you know, we, we approach words from different perspectives, the, yes. the impact of words, the value of words. Uh, I look at it also being a Christian from a biblical perspective to say, what is the b- biblical basis for it? Call to action. We, we like to call this in sales, the call yes. to action. What are you going to do with this, right? Is <laughs> <laughs> yes. to align our words with our God-given purpose. Amen. 
uh, it's not a lot to remember. It's just aligning our words with our God-given purpose. And we're constantly searching, seeking that purpose and aligning what we say and what we do and how we do with that purpose. And then we live for that purpose, right? And then, and then energy and meaning and everything flows from it. But it's simply aligning our words with our God-given purpose. I think we have to end that there. As always, Ganesh, it's such a pleasure having you be a part of the KMKY family and giving me your time and your en energy and happy new year to you and your family and all the very, very, very best for 2024. I truly appreciate you. So thank you. Thank you, Paula. Thank you for having me on uh, for time number three now. And <laughs> uh, and thank you for to your listeners. You know, they've given us uh, what is probably the most important thing they can give us, which is their attention and their time. So uh, I do appreciate them and uh, look forward to doing many more podcasts together. Thank you. As we close off this episode, my takeaways are thus. Who we are, our character, is what we die with what we leave this earth with. Living a life of the flesh is good and dandy, but we can't take the fancy cars and the home and clothes and money with us when we die. Our soul, our spirit, is what resides with us. And how we nurture that part of ourselves is key to living a life of success and fulfillment. Living a life on purpose that it's important to remember that our words are not only powerful, but are also seeds. And this is why it's important to use our words wisely. That using our words wisely is connected to our God-given purpose. And our words have a positive or negative effect on our physical, psychological, and spiritual well-being. The two Bible verses that stood out for me were the first one, Proverbs 21 verse 23, those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity, and Proverbs 12 verse 18, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. I'm wondering which Bible verse or verses stood out for you. I am also taking away the importance of recognizing what words we use with ourselves and the effects it is having on us physically and mentally and the words we are using with others and the world and the effects on our actions, my actions. Be authentic in your communication and the words you choose to use. Think before you speak. Speak less and listen more. Remember, Magic Mind have a January special offer. Receive one month free with a three-month subscription. Visit magicmind.com forward slash Jan Knowing Me and use code KNOWINGME20 to receive an additional 20% off, which works out for a total of 75% off your purchase. That's such a great deal and only valid for the month of January, so I advise you to hurry up Visit the links and information in the show notes. That's it from me, Paula, your host here at Knowing Me, Knowing You with Paula. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you. Goodbye for now.